iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, and welcome back to the Apple Store Soho. Um, if this is your first time joining us, uh, welcome. Uh, visit the store's website at apple.com soho. You'll see a complete calendar of upcoming special events and free workshops that you can take uh, part in here at the store. Um, tonight, we're really pleased uh, to have actor Ben McKenzie joining us for a Meet the Actor event. Uh, Meet the Actor is part of our Meet the Filmmaker series, uh, which brings you up close and personal with today's top uh, directors, producers, and actors in television and film. And uh, you can learn more about this series uh, on iTunes by searching for Meet the Filmmaker. Uh, there's a free podcast that you can subscribe to and download new episodes as they become available. Uh, so tonight, as I mentioned, uh, actor Ben McKenzie joins us uh, to talk about his starring role as L.A. P police officer Ben Sherman in the exciting drama series Southland, uh, which is going to be premiering on TNT tomorrow night. Um, Southland is currently available on the iTunes store, so you can check it out. Moderating uh, tonight's event, our good friend Donna Freakin joins us. Uh, at this time, please join me in welcoming actor Ben McKenzie and Donna Freakin. Oh, I'm sure you like those those shirts in yeah, there. Yeah, welcome horns, man. <laughs> oh, I know, and I yelled my heart out, and it didn't help either. So that's why I have the sore throat. Is the uh, Texas Longhorns played the uh, Alabama? Crimson Tide in the BCS National Championship game and lost. But it was a good game. So. Well, you were dedicated, just like your character That's is right. dedicated I to his job. I was screaming at them. I was telling them what to do on the field, and yet they refused to listen to me. So uh, all, all for naught. Well, let's talk about Southland. Why don't you tell us what's going on with the show now that it's found its new home? Uh, so the show's now on TNT, as you saw. Um, uh, I don't know if you probably are aware that NBC dropped us. They canceled us. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, two weeks before we were going to premiere uh, in October, um, after renewing us for a second season and promising us that we would be able to make the same show, that we were making at 10 o'clock in the spring at 9 o'clock uh, this time around, because obviously Jay Leno is on, or was on, maybe I should say, at 10 o'clock. <laughs> now apparently they're in desperate need of quality one-hour scripted dramas. Um, I wish I could help them out, but we're on a better network, uh, and we're really excited. Uh, and TNT is doing a phenomenal job. And so what'll air is the episodes from last season, the seven episodes, the pilot plus six, but the first one will be commercial free. Uh, so there'll be six more minutes of footage. Uh, we can obviously unbleep certain things because we're on cable instead of network. So that's fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, that's the story. And then there'll be six new, never before seen episodes uh, after the first seven. Uh, so a total of 13. So what happens to Ben that you can tell us? I, obviously, I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of the people here have seen the first season. Yeah. Or, or uh, well, what? What you know? Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. What aired on NBC? So kind of going from there to the new episodes. Right. What what happens? Uh, well, you know, we sort of leave it at this very sort of heightened place of um, uh, Regina King uh, partner her, her partner Tom Everett Scott's character has been shot. Um, I'm in a little bit of disarray with my love life. Uh, my training officer, John Cooper, and I are fighting. And when we come back in, we sort of just go right back in very quickly, very fast. Um, 
and you'll it's, it's sort of tricky what I can talk about and what I can't, but you'll we keep the stakes very high. We keep the adrenaline flowing. The first episode back um, is probably our best episode we've shot thus far, and it's really action-packed. as a huge riot scene in South Central L.A. that was filmed on location, obviously, like everything we do, with local members of the community playing local members of the community. Um, and it's very intense, um, and I'm very proud of that. Um, and then as we go along, there'll be... I mean, it'll... It'll be, without giving too much away, it's, it'll be kind of, it'll, it's a show we were making before. Mm -hmm. And I think if anything, perhaps we were pushing the envelope a little bit, and that may have been a reason why we were canceled, that they couldn't put it on at 9 o'clock because it was a little bit, you know, uh, adult. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, fuck it, we're on a better network. <laughs> network right. So, you know, it worked out, it worked out great. Um, so yeah, I would say just kind of more of the same, mm -hmm. but you'll 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 start to see the characters' relationships deepening. I, I have come to a more of an understanding with John Cooper, and and he comes to an understanding of me. Uh, and um, yeah, how difficult is it for you to play someone who's so kind of who has to convey so much by saying so little? Well, I've had some experience with that. Uh, Perhaps on the OC. Yes, <laughs> right. So and Junebug. Right, right. Yeah, I tend to play people who don't speak, um, which I. I don't know whether to take that as a compliment or an insult, but um, uh, I think that uh, I like it. I, I like, I like, I love the way that Anne Bitterman has written the show. It's uh, characters don't talk about their feelings a lot. They don't sort of talk in this kind of Gilmore Girls esque, you know, sarcastic yet totally informed and totally emotional kind of way. They, they, everything is deflected. Everything is uh, subtext. Uh, and yet you, you, you can understand what's going on if you follow the show because, um, because hopefully the actors and the, the, the dynamics are there, are set in place. So you know what's going on even if the, if the characters themselves are not speaking to it directly. And I love that. I think it's more realistic. I think it's more honest, particularly for cops who are not you know, used to sort of singing kumbaya and holding hands around a campfire. <laughs> You're from Austin. You lived up here, I know, for a little while. Has it been eye-opening for you shooting this in L.A. and seeing all the other parts of the city that you, that I don't know if you saw or not? When yeah. You, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we shoot on location all the time. We have one set that's our police office, mm -hmm. our, our uh, headquarters, but it's rarely used, certainly for the patrol officers from my character and John Cooper. Um, I think maybe two days I've spent on that set. Um, we are on location all over the city and all of the neighborhoods that are portrayed on the show. So if we're supposed to be in Koreatown, we're in Koreatown. Uh, if we're supposed to be uh, in the projects, you know, in uh, an area called the Jungle, for example, the, the first episode back, we're there. Uh, if we can be there, we are there, and we can be most places. So it really gives, uh, uh, it obviously makes the show feel and look authentic, and I think that it's, uh, important to it's it is another character in the show. The show is uh, set in LA for a reason, and I think one of the reasons is that uh, the 21st century LA is this kind of dystopia of all sorts of races and ethnicities and socioeconomic classes all jumbled together and yet separate because they all uh, it's such a vast city and you have to drive everywhere. It's not like New York where everybody's kind of you know a melting pot. This is like a um, you know, it's like a color wheel with various little colors all, all in different places. And so you really can, you know, totally avoid and live in your kind of white bubble uh, like my character did before he joined the force. And when he sees new things, he's seeing them for the first time. He is experiencing um, 
what life is really like on the streets of LA. Did you base him on anyone, whether a character or from a, from or characters from shows or someone you knew or some or a person no, you I wished mean, him to be like? We did a lot of we did a fair amount of research. So we got mm -hmm. to do a lot of ride alongs with mm -hmm. cops. We have a tech advisor who's ex LAPD. We have a his wife is ex LAPD. So we you know we got to know a lot of cops mm -hmm. and. Um, that just helped me relax into the fact mm -hmm. that all cops, no, cops are not one particular kind of person. Uh, they are all varieties of people, and people become cops for different reasons. Um, some are the true adrenaline junkie cowboy types, and some are pencil pushers, and some are, you know, uh, sort of, you know, tortured artists who somehow, you know, guys that want to become writers. Mm -hmm. Tom Everett Scott, for example, mm -hmm. his character is, uh, is a, he wants to, to be a writer. He actually doesn't really want to be a cop. Uh, and so you can feel free to not play it as a stereotypical, you know, two-dimensional what a cop ought to be. Mm -hmm. You can really embrace whatever you believe the specific traits of, my, of your character are. And for from, from my character, mm -hmm. I think he's, he's trying to seek justice in a world that is unjust. He, he fundamentally wants to believe that he can have some effect over the, uh, the inherent, you know, uh, moral universe that he can kind of he can he can make his own way and that's in response to his father who's 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 uh, a dirtbag and who's defended all of the guys the rich mm -hmm. guys who have gotten off for their crimes because they could pay and so he sees the system as flawed and yet he desperately wants to fix it now but that you can't oh. Well, now that you guys are on cable I mean uh, you talked about this a little bit before in terms of the language but uh, do you have is it more permissive in the sense that you can have kind of racier topics or edgier content than you would have had on network TV? Yeah, feel? yeah, I, th yeah. I think so. You know, um, I, I, I would like to think that we will. Um, the, the true test would be if we did a full new season on TNT because we're sort of doing a weird hybrid right now. But mm -hmm. if, if we did, I think absolutely. I think TNT wants to, us to make the show we always wanted to make mm -hmm. and never could. They want us to push the envelope because they want to be known for a, a slightly grittier, more sort of you know, visceral experience to compete with, quite frankly, with the AMCs and the, you know, the FXs and all the other cable channels that are, you know, doing that, that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think once we get into it for real, mm -hmm. absolutely, I think we will. Well, what do you want to have Ben go through uh, once I mean, you start shooting the, the actual new TNT episodes? I, you know, I, I, think, I think a real crisis of conscience mm -hmm. would be nice, and I think we were just about to get into that, uh, unfortunately, before we were pulled, uh, but we will if, if we get renewed. Um, I think, I think there's, a, there's a, so many different interesting dynamics on the show for so many different characters, but for my character, um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a fundamentally moral and good person, but he carries a lot of grief in his heart from an incident growing up that kind of maybe pushed him into becoming a cop, and so you know, getting into exploring that and testing him and, and pushing him to the limit to, to, to where he is, is uh, tempted to make a very poor choice uh, uh, that he may or may not uh, indulge in is, is kind of where I'd like to go. And, I, and I, honestly, I would like him to be in a, uh, a love affair, you know, because I think that that's, um, it's not like, it doesn't have to be cheesy. It, it is what cops do. Yeah. They need a, to reconcile... Uh, an incredibly stressful, difficult job with a complete absence of a home life uh, because they work such crazy hours. So they need to, they either fall off the rails and, you know, can get hooked on mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol and all that, or they, they need to have someone else, a companion, a, a life partner person to, you know, to connect with and to keep them sane. So I'd like to, I'd like to get into that. That would be nice. Some, some lovemaking. 
Well, you'd be hotter than Dennis Franz, I'll tell you that. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Should man. you have those scenes? I've been I've been working on that. I'm ready to <laughs> reveal my ass at any given time. <laughs> Could you ever see yourself doing what he did, which is basically leave this, uh, from outward appearances at least, perfect ideal life that everyone wants, and my totally, character? yeah, uh, and, and do something this kind of out there. Uh, I I understand the the like I think the desire is similar to, <clears throat> like. You know, after college, mm -hmm. a, a number of my friends joined the Peace Corps or worked for Teach for America or something like that. And, you know, obviously being a cop is a little bit more uh, uh, dangerous mm -hmm. uh, in some, maybe. Uh, but, you know, the desire to serve, the desire, I think we live in a society where everyone's out for their own ends and they're always just sort of trying to, you know, you know it's all about sort of the glorification of money and, and, and self-fulfillment through, through, Consumerism and and, th and there's a strong back current to that as there always is because we because you it can it can become soulless if you don't have you know something higher that you're reaching for then you 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 can get pretty um, it can it can be very soulless so I think he's trying for that the problem is that he doesn't exactly know what he's getting himself into which is always a great kind of uh, thing for a for any character is that he is, his ideals don't match the reality the of the reality situation. of how tough the job is the yeah. day to day yeah. And then it disappoints you, and you mm -hmm. can't save people. You know, there's a great episode coming up with another character on the show, with um, with uh, Sammy, with uh, Sean Hattesey's character, where he has a relationship with a kid, and he can't save the kid. You know, that this kid. I want to give away what happens, but it's you know, test that. You know, you you want to be able to change these communities, but what you do ride along to these cops, and they they can get pretty cynical pretty quick because nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of mm -hmm. 100, they can't save it. You know, they can tell the guy to stop beating his wife but, yeah. every week, all the time. Every Friday night, they can beat his doorstep. But then, you know, three years in, he, you know, it goes sideways and, he, and she's dead. And that's pretty depressing, you know. Yeah. How do, you not, how do you not take the show home with you, or do you? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not overly precious about that yeah. sort of thing, and, and I, uh, it does, it does, I mean, th I think the, the ride-alongs and the actual real-life experiences mm -hmm. are, are more affecting. I mean, I, I've, I, I can remember certain things about, I, re I remember, um, uh, I was in a gang, with a gang unit in Southeast LA, and we were, um, we got a call on the radio, you know, code four, fly in, they, they had a couple of guys up against a fence, um, who looked like they might be gang members and they mm -hmm. were, you know, in a group, so they're therefore, therefore violating their parole if they'd been in prison, they were associating with gang members. So they were, you know, potentially breaking the law, and that's their job, is to break them up. By the time we got there, there were a dozen police cars, black and whites everywhere. There was a big commotion because this, the street was divided and half of the, the guys were on one side, and there was this girl, one of their girlfriends, yelling at them, and all these community members yelling at the cops, trying to get them to stop messing with the guys. The guys were telling the girl to shut up because it was just going to get them more trouble. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the middle, underneath the streetlight, was this 10-year-old kid on a bicycle riding up and down the street as if nothing, nothing was happening, as if this happened every day, which, you know, maybe it does. And he was just going back and forth and back and forth in the middle of the street. And it was so eerie. It was to the point where the cop had to tell him, son, you need to go home. This is not the right place for you to be. But that's, you know, those sorts of things where, like, you see a 10-year-old kid who has actually had no idea that this is unusual, that this is strange. Uh, those sorts of moments are kind of, like, heartbreaking, and those stick with you, I think. Do you ever watch or anything on the news or read anything where you're like, wow, this would make an amazing episode, or you just kind of leave it to the writers? 
Yeah, I mean, cops, you know, Anne gets her stories very often mm -hmm. from much of the time, most mm -hmm. of the time, from cops. Um, and uh, because they have amazing stories. Anybody who's been on the job more than a couple of months has at least one or two great stories. Um, and I think that those, sometimes you can't even tell them the way that they actually happen because no one would believe it. You know, honestly, they really wouldn't. They really are that strange. So you have to... Uh, but but the, if they have some semblance of realism to them, if they are if they at their core there's a kernel of like mm. real truth there, I think it rings truer, and, and it allows the dialogue to be realistic, the dynamics to be realistic. Not everybody is a, is a hero, and not everybody gets to save the person. The you know the crime that's committed is not always solved. It is not always uh, the person who the person who did it is not always the person you wish did it. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes no, it's it's mean, yeah. it's the, yeah. the truth is a little more complicated, and uh, I like I love that amb ambiguity on the mm -hmm. show. I think that's really important to that there aren't a lot of easy answers. That it isn't like okay, there's a crime at the beginning of the episode, and at the end of the episode we solve it, and everybody like everybody goes home goes to sleep. You can turn on the TV, and it's like all oh, right, we got them. System's working fine. You know, and no, it doesn't work actually. There's a great episode with with Lydia and this 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 raped hooker. And you know the DNA backlog of like ten thousand, yeah. you know DNA tests that they have to run, and she's just you know there's no way this case is ever going to get solved. Ten thousand cases, it'll yeah. that'll take them years. Well, it's a really fun, uplifting topic. I know. <laughs> but. I'm like, oh, oh, I have the, you know. So I want to see. Does anyone have questions? So it's not just Come me on, like running my one. mouth. Come on. First one. No. All right, great. Go. In the second row, we're going to come around with a mic. Jeez. Uh, what's your favorite thing about working on um, location? Uh, I, I, it's really fast. We move very, very quickly. It really, it really is kind of like a, it's a sprint. So it's a marathon and a sprint. But it, it really, we do f try to do four or five locations in a day, uh, which may not wait, sound like wait, a wait, lot. Wait, 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 wait. How do you do that with LA traffic? Hey, honestly, that's one of our hardest yeah. issues is that we're trying to, you know, sometimes... We have great location scouts, but we're, it's a very ambitious show, so you have to be very tactical about where you're going. But you're trying to get sometimes from, like, Koreatown, which is, you know, you know, pretty far downtown, over the freeway into, like, Los Feliz, and then you're back down to, like, South Central, and then you're back up to downtown. You know, and it is really hard. You spend a lot of time in a van, but it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I'm seeing the city. I'm seeing parts of the city that I never saw before. Um, and... It gives you a sense of how vast and kind of just mm -hmm. endless the city. It really is endless. It just, it just goes on forever and ever and ever. And each block is different, um, or many different blocks are. And it's just crazy how uh, I will never get over how uh, how wild the disparities are in wealth. You know that there's Beverly Hills, some of the richest zip codes in the world, five ten miles away from like third world mm -hmm. type. Situations. I mean, it's it's really uh, it's, yeah. it's wild. Thanks for the question. Question in the front row. What made the script so intriguing to you to stand on for Southland? I really lo I, I love the writing. I love the quality of the writing. It was very um, didn't provide a lot of easy answers. It wasn't a lot of. Um, I think there's a tendency, particularly in television and perhaps in film as well, to 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 give you that sort of like easy answer kind of you know tie it up in a bow and give it to the audience and 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 allow them to 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 not be kind of troubled by by what they're seeing and and instead the pilot was really fast paced 
really kind of intricate and, and required you to really kind of to, to study it and to sort of uh, pay attention to the subtleties of who was, you know, what the, the character dynamics were, all these pairs of characters, you know, the rookie with the veteran and the, the, um, the tough female detective with her partner. And, you know, there were a lot of different, um, there were a lot of subtleties to, to the script. And so I just fell in love with that. Um, and then, you know, I saw on the cover letter John Wells and Anne Bitterman and Chris Chulak, and I thought that was good. <laughs> and, um, and they were willing to hire me, so that was also good. How does production on this show compare to the OC? Is it, is it a lot crazier? Or <laughs> it's is totally it different. I mean, totally different, yeah. You know, the OC was like, all, it was all studio, mm-hmm. pretty much, let's say two-thirds of the time mm-hmm. at least, if not three-quarters. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was just different. It was big banks mm-hmm. of lights inside mm-hmm. and set. You know, and you're sitting around a Cohen kitchen and talking about the same kind of thing over and over again. Um, and this is on location all over the city, in the real uniforms, real bulletproof vests, you know, real guns, handheld cameras in your face, like snappy. Um, and you, and we don't have set sides on the set, which are you know the little sort of things that tell you what your lines are. So you have to come prepared. You have to know your lines. Uh, everybody. Not just you know obviously the um, the guest stars, but the regulars as well. And so the tone is set of like we are doing this as though it is happening. Mm-hmm. We are not, you know, and you and there is it's not an improvised show, but there is a, a leniency uh, to to tweak whatever mm-hmm. is going on um, as long as it doesn't get out of hand. Um, and we have time to do takes because we're shooting digitally. And so the lighting time is far less, and it, and it, it has that kind of, like, guerrilla-style mm-hmm. filmmaking. Has any part of this been kind of revelatory for you, whether it's how heavy a bulletproof vest is or just kind yeah. of any of the exp- any specific experience? Yeah, the, the vest is pretty heavy, but the, the, the belt with the gun and the radio and the cuffs is really heavy. It's like 20 pounds, and, and a wool uniform in the summer in L.A. is really hot. Uh, and uh, it's hard on your feet and all that stuff. Yeah, I get like the physical aspect mm-hmm. of it. I get that definitely. Well, I would suggest that maybe you guys move production here where it's twenty degrees and right. you won't you won't have these problems yeah, of being yeah, overheated. Yeah, freezing our asses yes. off outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, much better. So some of these parts of LA that you're going to are dicey, I guess to say the least. And you're talking about real uniforms, real vests, real guns. Have you had any incidents where people have thought you guys were actually the cops and come up to you expecting you to do something? Or is it very clearly a TV set production? I mean, they'll, they'll occasionally do something like that. But we've had instances where people will, will do crazy stuff in front of us, even though like we're fake cops, but we have real cops on the set because they, if they're off duty, they'll, they'll be our background extra cops, you know? Um, you know, we'll pay them the background extra rate, and they love kind of hanging on the set and seeing it made, or uh, the the location. Uh, and a and a woman pulled a uh, came out of her apartment with a loaded gun, a uh, hundred feet from where we were shooting, uh, screaming at her boyfriend or whoever. You know, you're never gonna fucking hit me again if you ever hit me again. You know, da 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 da. Uh, so we see like we see all sides. We see you know some some bad stuff, and then we see some good stuff, obviously. Um, but, uh, but it's definitely interactive. Um, they don't mistake us for real cops too often, but every once in a while. I mean, we certainly look the part, you know. Uh, it's the, the, the vest and the gear kind of stiffens you a little bit, and I think accounts for a little bit more of that, kind of what you think of as that cop 
you know, uh, way of standing, that pose, plus just the way that cops are constantly checking for, for, for weapons and for uh, anything illicit with, you know, checking your hands all the times. Uh, I think, you know, all those little sort of subtleties are, are hopefully paying off and uh, getting people to believe we're real cops. Switching gears just a little bit, TNT has been doing a phenomenal job of promoting the show, and it's been very gratifying to those of us who did a little bit of lobbying um, with emails and phone calls and letters and whatnot. But with all of the personal appearances that you and the rest of your castmates have been doing and the early morning talk shows, how exhausted are all of you, and how relieved will you be tomorrow night at 11 o'clock? <laughs> well, I mean, that's very kind of you, but it's really not that bad. I mean, we're really, we're more than pleased, uh, more than happy to do it. Because quite frankly, we didn't necessarily get that kind of encouragement on the other network that we were on. Um, you know, they've been doing, uh, not only have they been showing ads on TNT, but they've been showing ads on NBC. And I mean, I saw an ad during the Cowboys game. It was awesome. Uh, kind of a stick in the eye, uh, you know, and so major network TV, there's billboards, you know, we've done these fan screenings, which has been awesome. And I think is a really, like a very, um, it's both smart and it's good to do, um, that we've gone to, I think eight cities over the country and screened the, the first new episode at what'll be episode eight, um, for any fan that wants to, sh that wants to, you know, come that has a, that signs up in time. Um, you know, a show like ours should should work just because you know we think it's good and if people get the opportunity to see it and they tell their friends to see it then that in and of itself will be good enough we're not trying to pull a fast one on anybody we're not trying to like give you a marketing pitch of like why you should you know i mean we do that but at the end of the day it's it's about the quality of the show and we believe the show we're making is good so you know uh it's lovely to get that kind of support on tnt we couldn't ask for anything more well we have time for yeah, one more question thanks. so who will it be Hi, how you doing? I'm well, how are you? I'm a big fan of yours, and I was checking the show all the time on YouTube or if it's not on TV. Um, I just want to know, like, how you end up um, getting this role, and what's the relationship between you and the director? Okay, uh, good question. Um, uh, I got the role through, uh, through a reading. Um, uh, read the script, it was sent to me by my agent and my manager, and I really fell in love with it immediately, and I pushed very strongly to, to go in and meet with John Wells and Ann Bitterman and Chris Chulak, who is our, Chris Chulak is one of our executive producers, um, and is also, um, was the director of the pilot, and direct, has directed many of the episodes. Um, directed half of the first seven, so directed four, well, more than half, four, four of the first seven, so directed most of the episodes. Um, and, and I just went in and we were, we were being all sneaky about it. I was just going to like talk to them. And then I offered to read sides, but that was bullshit. I worked, I'd worked the sides within an inch of their life. So I knew exactly what I was trying to do and, you know, didn't even need them. And, you know, anyway, they liked it. Uh, then we had to get NBC to like sort of sign off on that. And we got through that hoop and, um, and we started shooting, um, not too long after that. So that was the pro it was a reading. It was, it was the same thing that that you know any other actor would would do um uh in that situation it's not a not a situation where i think they needed to i don't think they should offer parts to people necessarily um you should have to you know go in and earn your keep and 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 show them that you can do it um i don't um i've always believed that uh and then in terms of my relationship with the director um uh 
Chris Chulak, he's really the main director. I, he, it's great. He's very, uh, he's a native Angelino, so he knows the city really well all over. He grew and he grew up in a, in a rougher area in Northeast uh, LA. Um, and he doesn't get in the actor's way. He really doesn't at all. I mean, he will certainly come and talk to you if there's an issue, but more often than not, he doesn't say much. Um, and he works kind of more intuitively, I would say, at least with the actors, just kind of, um, you know, trust that they were cast for a reason, that they know their parts, um, that if you give them, you know, a little bit of latitude, they will figure out what's going on in the scene and find it organically easier and more, more, more simply than you would if you tried to sort of impose some, you know, director idea on it, if that makes any sense. And so it's like, it's, it's like what the show is, you know, this free-flowing, handheld, scripted, you know, very tightly scripted, but, but uh, organic thing, you know? Um, it's not like, there are no marks. It's not like, come here and say this, and, you know, can you do it with more anger, and can you be more pissed off, or can you be sweeter about it, or, you know, there's none of that kind of bullshit. It's, you know, let's talk about what's going on between the characters, and let's sometimes play against what would be the most obvious uh, take on the scene. Uh, uh, if, if it seems to be written as though that they, these two characters are at each other's throats, perhaps, perhaps it's best if they're not. Perhaps it's best if they're doing anything but. Um, the audience is hip enough to get it. They, they understand what's going on. And final question before we let you go. What cop from TV or film would you ever want to have arrest you? Arrest me? Uh-huh. If you had to be arrested by someone. What am I supposed to pick? Some like hot female cop or something? I, mean, I, I can't... think Cagney and Lacey, but... Yeah. 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 Just... How about Carla uh, Gugino off of Karen Sisko or something mm -hmm. like that? No. I mean, you know, I, I always loved uh, uh, Sipowitz and his friends on NYPD Blue. I grew up watching that show, so uh, I don't know that I would like to have him arrest me. He's pretty rough and gruff, but... Uh, but sure, yeah, he can throw me against a black and white anytime. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. thank you, guys. Thanks for coming out. Southland premieres tomorrow evening, Tuesday, January 12th on TNT uh, at 10 p.m. 9 central. Check your local listings. Uh, we want to thank uh, Ben and Donna for coming out. Uh, you've been a great audience. We invite you back. Uh, this Wednesday, two exciting Meet the Filmmaker events. We'll have the directors, the Hughes brothers, here to talk about uh, Book of Eli, and also director Lee Daniels to talk about the film Precious. So that's this Wednesday. Come back down. Uh, visit the store's website at apple.com slash soho for more details. Have a great night.